Hi, I'm Natalie Mullen, former people pleaser and queen of doing way too much, turned holistic life coach and wellness educator for purpose-seeking women of color and allies. Welcome to From a Full Cup. On this podcast, I teach you how to use the 12 pillars of wellness to discover your purpose, up-level your well-being, and create the life of your dreams, because we all deserve to be fulfilled, and you simply can't pour from an empty cup. Through candid conversations, insightful interviews, and motivational nuggets, you'll feel inspired, empowered, and supported as together we navigate this thing called life, holistically and with your well-being at the center. If you're committed to personal development and you're ready for more, you're in the right place. Now let's get started. Hey, y'all, and welcome to today's episode. Thank you for tuning in. Today's episode is a guest interview with Rennie, and I am so excited for you guys to listen in. Rennie is a content creator, marketing consultant, and finance enthusiast based in Toronto. Today, we're talking all about travel, and travel is like probably my most favorite thing to talk about other than wealth. And this conversation just made me so happy just talking about both of our travel experiences, tips we've learned along the way, lessons we've learned along the way. And I really hope you enjoy it just as much as I did. So sit back and get ready for a great conversation. Hi, everyone, and welcome to From a Full Cup. I am super excited today to have Rennie. Rennie doesn't know I'm going to do this, but Rennie helped me actually get this podcast started because I met with her and I had no clue how to start, guys. I was like, I need to get my voice out there. I don't know what to do. And Rennie was so kind. She gave me links. She gave me resources and just encouragement. And sometimes you just need just a little bit of help to get started. And so, Rennie, I really appreciate that. And I took you up. I did I did follow what you said. And, and I'm still continuing to implement more of the things that you've suggested. But I just want to recognize you and appreciate your contribution to this podcast becoming a reality. So thank you. Yeah, um, so, so Renny, part of your journey. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you. All right. So, Renny, uh, introduce yourself in your own words, and then we'll get started. Okay. Hi, everybody. I am Renny. People call me Renny the Resource, and I am a financial literacy and travel content creator based in Toronto, Canada. So, I share content all about financial literacy, such as investing in the stock market, budgeting, saving, and also about travel. So I love to travel. I've been to 35 countries and I just love to share my experiences with everybody. Okay. Awesome. And you just beat me. I'm at 32 countries. So, you know, I, I'm going to have to try to get to that 35, but it's okay. You can, you can be in the lead, but just know I'll be right behind you. You know, originally you were doing just kind of personal finance related content and maybe lifestyle too, but what made you decide? I remember seeing an announcement that you made on Instagram saying that you were going to start covering travel more. What made you decide to kind of merge these things together and what was important to you about that? Yeah, I decided to pivot into sharing more travel content and I think it was March of 2023, so this year. And the reason that I decided to make the pivot was just because I already share so much about travel, but I, it was just only when I traveled that I was sharing the content. Like once I got home, it was back to like regular life or personal finance focus. But I was like, this is a huge part of my life. And also that's what I spend the majority of my money on. So things I spend my money on are my investments, 
my food, and then my travel. So I was like, I am really big on value-based spending. I think there's a big gap in the personal finance space where a lot of personal finance creators tell you, save, 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 invest, 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 but they never tell you that you should actually enjoy some of the money that you make. So I wanted to be that person who could like step into that gap, share what I spend my money on and encourage people that it's okay to spend money on the things that you value. Um, So yeah, that's why I decided to make that pivot. And so far it's going pretty well. Awesome. And that really resonated with me, this idea of value-based spending, because just growing up uh, in my household and even our culture, spending on things you enjoy wasn't really ever encouraged. It was kind of like spend on the things you need, like food, uh, not glorious food, just the basic foods, pay your bills. And that's it. And it's really robbing us of this opportunity to live a joyful life, to live a full life and authentic life. And I truly do believe that that should be our goal while we're here. And a lot of times people will say, oh, well, you can travel when you're retired or travel later. But A, that later is not guaranteed to you. There are so many people who get into accidents or pass away, or when the later comes, they no longer have the money to do it. So I really believe in traveling as as young as you can. And as often as you can, that makes sense for your life. But if it brings you joy, then 100%, it makes sense to me. Just go do it. So I agree. Okay. So tell me what initially, I'm so curious about this. What initially sparked your passion for travel and how has it evolved over the years, especially because you do a lot of different kinds of trips? Mm -hmm. So I feel like my parents like traveling. So when I was growing up, I would go on vacation maybe once a year. And then, but what really started my true love for travel, because I travel a lot more than anyone else in my family, it's because I went on exchange and I did a study abroad program in Thailand. So most people who like go and study abroad, they usually choose somewhere in Europe, right? Because that's what they know. It's pretty similar culture to here typically. So it's easy to go there. But I was like, I should go to Asia because it's completely different. And when else am I going to have five months to live in Asia? So that was my logic. And I decided to go to Bangkok, Thailand. I went to Chulalongkorn University and I lived there from January 2017 to May 2017. And I had such a good time. And During that time, I traveled to Malaysia, to Singapore, to Vietnam, Hong Kong, and one other place that I cannot remember right now, but I had a really good time while I was there. And that was my, like, love that's where my love of travel really started uh just being able to meet new people in different countries being able to experience new cultures new foods I just found it like very fascinating and I found that we're so small in this world and it's it's really cool like we think we're so big and huge and important but like we're really just like a small speck in this world and I found that so fascinating so yeah uh, I also I also had my first solo trip while I was on that trip. Uh, All my friends had traveled to Vietnam, but I couldn't travel the week that they traveled. So I really wanted to go to Vietnam. It was something that I was very excited to do. So I was like, okay, I guess I'm going solo. And I went solo. I had a really good time in Vietnam. And uh, that sparked my love for solo travel as well. Now, now, no matter, like most trips I go on are, are typically solo. Yeah. Okay. Two things I want to talk about. So one is just, for people who want to travel, that's a cheat code is starting in one place and then traveling around, right? That's how sometimes I think people think, oh, well, this person made 32 separate trips. No, it doesn't work mm-hmm. like that. That is very costly and very time consuming too, especially if you're working, you don't have uh, time off and stuff like that. But if you can just leverage the one trip you're on and just think like what other countries are around, can I hop over here for a day? Some of them are driving distance, right? You can be in a new yeah. country in just an hour or two. That's another passport stamp. Why not just go see? And sometimes the country right beside is actually a completely different culture. 
So it's really mm -hmm. nice to see. Um, it just reminds me of like, even when I was in um, uh, Zambia and it's like, you just walk across the bridge and you're in Zimbabwe and it's like, oh, look, I'm yeah. here, you know? So it's just, it's just yeah. so good that you can get multiple trips in and solo traveling. You know, I did my first solo travel trip. I think it was in, it was in 2019 and I went to Egypt. And it was truly a very transformative experience. And so many people are scared to solo travel. And so tell me like what, well, you, you explained already that you just wanted to go. You wanted to go to Vietnam and, and nobody was down for it. So you just like, okay, well, I'm going. But what, what advice can you give to someone? Because, you know, a lot of times people are held back. Like they want to do a trip and nobody will go with them. And so then they end up not doing it. So what yeah. advice could you give to someone who's, who might want to do or should check out um, solo trips? Yeah, I would say the reason, like, as you said, the reason why I went was because I was so tired of, like, sending a trip to my friends and being like, okay, let's go here. And then, you know, they're like, oh, okay, I'll get back to you. And then by the time the price has increased, like, so much, or it just doesn't make sense to go anymore, or they flop last minute. Like, I was just tired of that. So I was like, okay, I just have to go. And, like, if if I have fun, I have fun. If I don't, if I, <laughs> I don't. Uh, what I would tell people if they really want to solo travel, but they're maybe a bit nervous about it or not feeling confident, I would tell them to first take themselves out on like solo dates in their own hometown before they even go abroad, right? Because going to a completely new country alone may seem pretty overwhelming. But if you're used to going to the movies alone, and you're used to going uh, to, for lunch or dinner alone, you're used to doing these things by yourself and getting just comfortable with yourself. I find that it makes it a lot easier when you go to another country. Country. The second thing I would say for your first solo trip would be to maybe pick a country that's not too big of a culture shock from the country that you're coming from, because you're already going to deal with like the whole solo aspect. We don't also want to add on the, the like the um, punch, the completely new language, the completely language new culture, barrier, yeah. the, everything. So ideally, if you can go, but also just like maybe choose somewhere that has the same language, at least that would be something that's super helpful for your first, first solo trip. Also, depending on where you, I would say if you're on a solo trip, book a tour while you're there, because typically you get to meet other people where you're on the tour and then you can make friends while you're there. Cause that's something that I typically do, whether I'm with someone or not, I always go on group tours and then it's easy to meet, meet other people uh, who are similar to you, typically similar age, I find, um, especially if it's like a walking tour, they're probably going to be pretty young people who are taking those tours and like, yeah. <laughs> so those are some of the tips that I have, but honestly, I, I encourage everyone to just do it and it could be a life-changing experience because the beauty of solo travel is that you don't have to rely on anyone and you can do as little as you want or as much as you want. So if you are someone who likes to do 10 activities every single day, you want to do a different activity, you can do that. Or if you're someone who wants to do one activity for the whole seven days you're there and just lay on the beach the whole week, you can also do that. So I think that's the beauty of solo travel. You don't have to rely on anyone um, and you can just be uh, alone and enjoy your solitude because I think a lot of us don't enjoy our solitude enough. Yes. And let me tell you, I have seen, I have seen how group travel can ruin friendships. I have seen how it can ruin <laughs> relationships and seen how it can break up marriages. Okay. Because sometimes mm -hmm. people think they're the best of friends. Let me tell you, you really get to know people when you travel with them. And sometimes Facts. you realize like, oh, okay. A little bit different, right? There's some mm -hmm. friends I have. We can't travel together anymore. Okay. Yeah. We can be yeah. friends, but we can't travel together. So that is, that is so true. And, and I love doing tours. I love doing walking tours, any kind of tour. And it's a small world. I was in China. And I met a man on a tour when we were going to the Great Wall who knew my family friends 
on the small island of Antigua, like knew them by uh, name. And I was mm-hmm. like, what in the world? So that's the that same thing you said, like, we're just a speck, but at the same time, we're all connected too. Mm-hmm. So you were talking about solitude. So let me just jump into my next question, which is talking about travel and your well-being or wellness. Like how do the two come together for you? For me, travel is just a time to be alone. Because uh, I feel like here, I'm very like, I'm always talking, first of all, like I'm always talking to other people because that's my part of my job. Uh, and I'm always like around everybody. And like, I don't really have time to just like retreat and into my solitude. So I find that travel is really my time to just like step back, not be as busy and just like chill you know enjoy everything and be very present and in the moment uh that's something that I've been like a little bit struggling with I have like a million things going on in my mind at all times and I feel like I could do a lot all the time my job is making content right like I could literally make content about anything um so I find that that's always happening when I'm at home but when I travel I feel like it's a it's just a way for me to disconnect from like life and to experience something different than what I normally experience. So it's a big part of my wellness. I try to travel like three to four times a year at minimum. Uh, And yeah, it's like a, it's a self-care practice for me, I would say. No, that's awesome. And, you know, I think that idea of solitude and rest, because I'll tell you when I first used to travel, I never used to rest. Like I had the itinerary going from like 8am to like midnight go he, even if I was on a resort I was still like okay but I'm gonna leave the resort I'm gonna go do this this that <laughs> and I would come back I'd have a good time but I'd come back and I'd be exhausted and mm-hmm. as I've gotten older I've started to realize like you know what there is something to be said about being present being in the moment also not uh planning out your day so that you can just see where the day takes you sometimes you meet mm-hmm. really cool people and they're like hey let's go here or let's do that or you just, you're driving or you're walking and you're like, oh, I wonder what that is. And now you're in a, like a whole new world. So giving yourself those opportunities to just stumble upon new things that you might not have thought about and um, and to really replenish yourself. I, I think that that's like yeah. a really important part of travel. So yeah, uh, yeah I'm glad that that's- Replenish is the word. Yes. Yeah, so I'm glad that's working. a good word too. Yeah, yeah. This is when you come back, you're like, okay, my cup is full. I can do this again. Exactly. That's exactly what I did when I went to Antigua this year. And it was like a, I I used it as like a silent retreat. And I did, I literally did not talk to almost anybody at home while I was there. It was just like, I'm, I'm in Antigua. I didn't plan anything for the entire seven days or eight days that I was there. I just chilled. And as you said, I went with the flow and if if pe- I met a lot of people and they were like, oh, we're going here. And I was like, okay, let's go. Or sometimes I was like, no, I just want to lay on the beach today. I don't want to do anything. And I had a really good time. So. No, no, that's, that's great. I love that. And I, I think I'm going to, I think that should be a certain type of travel. Like every year, if you can just go do like a solitude, replenish, just relax, cancel the plans and just pour back into yourself. How do you, well, you know what, it's kind of going into the next question anyways, about balancing the, the planning and spontaneity when you're exploring a new destination and any tips about finding that sweet spot? Hmm. I, I feel like, when I'm with when I'm with other people, I usually like to plan because I know that pe- some people like I guess you have to balance their needs with your needs. So it's good to just plan everything ahead of time. Whereas when I travel alone, I honestly I rarely plan anything. I just <laughs> I like I don't plan anything and I just go and I'm like I really pay attention to how my body is feeling and I'm like okay am I feeling good up to experiencing a lot of activities today or am I not? And that's how I approach it when I'm traveling solo. But when I'm traveling with someone else, 
I usually like to like use a tour guide. Well, I did it for the first time. I'm just using a tour guide to figure out like these are the things that I'm going to do while I'm on the trip. Uh, and um, yeah, seeing what work, like seeing a schedule, finding a schedule that seems like it will work for me. But even then, I feel like when you're on the trip, you may be like, oh, shoot, I'm tired. <laughs> and then, mm-hmm. uh, but you've already planned it. So I honestly, I'm still, I feel like I'm still struggling with this one. Uh, for my recent Peru trip, I use a tour guide for the first time it was a really good experience I did that because it's a brand new destination like and uh, it's a very adventure filled destination I will say so Mm -hmm. I wanted to take advantage of it it was definitely on a restful trip but I do wish that maybe I had planned like half of the days and then if I wanted to do more while I was there then add them on while you're there Uh, but instead I tried to plan everything ahead of time was maybe I was a little tired at the end (laughs) yeah so I would say for everyone listening maybe if you plan half of your activities so you have at least a baseline of things you're going to do and then if you're feeling up to it then you can add them on when you're there I think that would be a good approach to take what do you usually do um you know what I now I start off a little bit later on in the day with my trips like before I was Mm -hmm. like okay breakfast get up and like just go and now I have slow starts and Mm -hmm. I like it so I like just starting off slow just meandering I I always have an idea of something that I'd like to do in the in the place that I'm in I always research ahead of time um what are things to see and and I encourage people to don't just research like the top like okay if people come to Toronto or they come to Canada they're going to Niagara Falls I'm like yes go to Niagara Falls but there are like just super cool things like I don't know going to Center Island or Harborfront mm-hmm. or um just going to like a small local restaurant. Like I love to do those things that maybe other people aren't doing. And sometimes you just stumble upon it. So I, I start off slow. I wander out. I'm like, okay, even if I do a tour, it's same thing. It's, it's just not, it's not for the whole day anymore. Um, and I always give myself time to come back. It depends on what kind of trip. Sometimes I come back and I take a nap. Okay. <laughs> I'm at that stage where naps <laughs> are helpful and I'll take a nap and then I go again in the evening. I'm recharged instead of like me just, you know, dragging on through the day. I, I just, I get tired. So I come home, I come back to wherever, you know, I'm staying. I take a nap. I'm like, okay, let me go back out because sometimes the country changes or a city changes from day to night. And it's really nice to get both experiences. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, but but everything is always a balance and every country is different too. Every every city is different. But I think also just being open to new experiences and asking questions, asking people like, hey, what's good around here? Right? Because you can do all the research you want, but it's the local people who always have some some good tips too. So just being again, you have to just create space to be open and, and go with the flow. And mm-hmm. don't pack up your whole itinerary for all seven days because sometimes it doesn't work, maybe the weather um rains mash up your whole your whole plans and I would say if you really want to do something try to do it early on in the trip so that in case the weather doesn't work for you or whatever you have other days that you might be able to still get that that thing in mm-hmm. um so yeah travel can be both exhilarating and challenging and I would love to know maybe you have a story um of a time that you might have faced a significant obstacle or a barrier or something dramatic or crazy happened during your travels and what did you do? Hmm, there have been a few. I, I feel like this when I was in Antigua, I we like rented a car, which was a whole other like it was I just met some girls and we met a local guy and then he was like, Oh, I can drive you guys around, just like pay for the car or whatever. So we did that. And then the car got broke like it 
something happened to the car the roads in Antigua are a while very very rough yeah so something happened to the car and it like I don't know I can't explain what happened and he was asking us all for like hundreds of dollars and we're all like um no so that was that was an experience um eventually we we did not pay for it. I don't know. How, I actually do not know what happened at this point, but I oh, hope no. that he has fixed the car. Uh, but yeah, that was an obstacle. <laughs> and you, yeah. Uh, so I would say, hmm, how did we how did we overcome it? Honestly, we just took it to a re- uh, a, a mechanic with him, uh-huh. and then we said, please fix the car. And we we had paid for the car. I don't know. It was a whole it was a whole mess. I don't even know <laughs> how it was solved. But another another obstacle that I did have was when I was traveling in England and I actually uh-huh. left my ca- I lost my camera. And uh-huh. I I figured out so I got to the airport. We were going on a flight to France and then they canceled our flight and said the next flight was three days later. So we went I know. <laughs> so we went back to Wild. uh my friend's house that we were staying at in London and then I get home and I'm like where's my camera where's my camera and then my friend's like did you did you leave it at the airport so we went all the way back to the airport and you know the oh, airports no. in London are not central they're very far outside uh, and so the we went traffic and the yeah. headache it was a it was a hot mess, but um the camera I I could not find it. I was panicking. Like I was literally like I was hyperventilating, I feel like. And I was probably like 18 or 19 at the time. And I was just very stressed. I was like, my parents are gonna kill me. Oh my gosh. Like I was stressed. But then I just had to like take take a deep breath and be like, okay, where was the last place you saw this? And I went back to where we were sitting. Some lady had it like she was like sleeping and she was, she was like sleeping on the camera so that when the person came back, she said she was going to give it to them. Who knows if that was true. But she's, I don't know. It was a little, it was a little, but she said when the person came back, she, her plan was to give it to them. She was just holding it for them. So, and I was like, whatever, but eventually I found the camera. I mean, and it she could have just turned it in as well. Yeah. It was, a little, it was a little sus, but maybe she saw me panicking and crying and she was like, Hey, Aww. let me just skip it back. <laughs> But uh, the moral of the story for that was like, just when when stressful things happen, just take a step back, calm down. At the end of the day, if I did lose it, it is a material thing. You know, it's, you still have your life at the end of the day. And uh-huh. just like take a deep breath, relax and evaluate the situation from there. Because crying, honestly, was not it was not helpful at all. Uh, it was just making me more stressed and panic. So that was a that was a stressful experience and, <laughs> that I experienced. I am glad you got back your camera. Um, that's a story. Um, you know, I have a story too. That's the thing. Once you travel a lot, there, there's always a story, but, um, some of them are a little bit wild. I remember I was in Germany and I was young too. I think I was about 18 or nine, uh, maybe 19 or 20. Let's go with 20. And my cousin and I, we had gone on a trip. We were with Kentucky. So for those who don't know Kentucky, Kentucky is a tour group for 18 to 35 year olds. Highly recommend it. If you're nervous about traveling, um, they do different places around the world. A lot of times it's Europe or Australia, um, parts of Africa, all over the place, really. So anyways, we were in this tour group and we went to Germany and all of the group went to one specific place. I think it was like a beer hall. And I don't drink beer. And I was like, I don't, I don't want to do this stuff. That's the only thing about being on a tour sometimes. Sometimes you go to these places, these stops mm-hmm. and you're like, but I don't want to be here. So yeah. I do not drink beer. I have zero interest. So I'm like, I don't want to do this. So I was like, I'm in Germany, you know, it would be really powerful for me to uh, visit a concentration camp and just really honor uh, that experience and kind of just 
center myself and always just remember the horrible things that have happened uh, in the past so that we never go through them again. So I was like, okay, I'm going to, I want to go, I want to do that. I want to go see the memorial. And anyways, we went to that and it was very impactful. And so we come back now to the beer hall and there's no bus. And like, I'm with my cousin. Okay. My cousin's two years younger than me. We're like looking for the bus. There's no bus. There's no people. Okay. Um, now I need you guys to understand Germany is a different country. There's, they do not speak English for the most part. And we're in like, it's like the sound of music. Okay. So like, we're just on rolling hills <laughs> with like a random building. And I'm like, where, we had just got in a taxi to drop us bus. I'm like, where's the bus? And so we go inside and the workers in their are trying so hard to explain like bus is gone and I'm like yes I do understand that but like is it coming back or like what's happening and language barrier can be very difficult and at this mm -hmm. time everybody I think we had phones but we didn't have data we didn't know anything about like international sim cards or anything like that I learned my lesson okay mm -hmm. so we are just in the middle of Germany in the middle of this building we finally understand that the bus is gone and is no longer coming back that much was communicated to us so now I'm like so what do we do like we're not even in a city like I truly have no we're just in grass it's like hills hills yes. in a building so I'm freaking out but I have the older cousin and I'm like my parent like what is gonna happen I'm scared about my parents okay who are in Canada who are gonna kill me for getting lost but I'm like it's not my fault long story short we eventually figure out a way to get back to the subway station the subway is not in English. I don't even know to go left or right. Like, I'm just like, I just don't know. I had an idea of where our hotel was. And again, the struggle bus was real. But with you have to be very brave when you're traveling, especially if you're traveling alone. You have to ask questions. Yeah. You've got to be willing to like, chat. excuse me, excuse me. Hi, can you help me? Somebody eventually will be able to help you. You'll always find someone who eventually speaks a little bit of English or people will come together. But this is something you have to kind of overcome. And a lot of people worked together to try to help us get to the right um, stop. And then eventually we got off and now I'm on the street. I don't even know where to go, but I just remember what the hotel looks like. I didn't even know the hotel name. Guys, this was oh reckless. Like this is just, I was so, <laughs> so reckless. I had no account of the hotel's name. I had no ability to call anybody. I don't even think I had my phone. My passport was in the, was in the uh, suitcase, which was on the bus. Like it was just... A mess. But long story short, we got back to the hotel. And what ended up happening, the tour guide was like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Apparently, in uh, Germany, they have very strict rules around how long a, a driver can drive for it. And the bus will actually shut oh. off if they pass their hours um, because they don't oh. want this for driver safety, right? They don't want the drivers to fall asleep. So the driver realized he was going to pass his hours. So he had to get everybody back to the hotel. Mm. And I guess we were just like collateral damage. <laughs> like, I That's mean, scary. I was like, were you guys going to call my mom and tell her that you lost her? Because, you know, anyways, it worked out in the end. And we got, I think we got, um, we got a free, <laughs> we got to do water, wa white water rafting in Austria for free. And I think she gave us a, a couple <laughs> bottles of wine. Like in hindsight, I should have asked for a lot more. But, you know, you're young. Mm -hmm. You're just like, okay, let's let's go party now. Yeah. So, oh, wow. That is that scary. My, my fear, my fear when I always went on tour buses was like, oh, they're going to, what if they leave me? Like, what happens? Because, yeah, just as you said, it's, it, I don't know how to get back. But I feel like now it's probably better because you have Google Translate to like, uh -huh. trans talk to people and you have your data on your phone and stuff like that. But yeah, that's, that's very scary. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I remember. I saw one of your posts on Instagram that was talking about um, 
like having like an international sim or, or maybe I'm not saying the right words, but mm-hmm. like that's important because you just never know what situation we might be in. And uh, I like your option because that's much cheaper than like turning on your data for like the whole trip, right? Um, yeah. So definitely guys go follow Renny because she'll put you on to multiple things. Like it's <laughs> been so good for me, like just looking at your page because um, I learned things and I'm not even a social media Thank person you. and I still learn things. <laughs> um, okay, so traveling can be very hectic. I remember, like even, especially if you go somewhere where there's a time change and it just throws you off. Or like you, you were, I just saw on Instagram and you just talked about it. You went to Peru and like, you were talking about how the altitude was different. So oh like that can throw you off. Just learning how to, like, how do I breathe though? Like I'm, I'm just trying to breathe. So like, how do you incorporate those well-being practices when you just feel thrown off, especially when your, your travel time is limited. So you still want to make, you know, you still want to enjoy the trip, but it's like, you've got to figure out how to adjust. Yeah, honestly, it's a struggle, especially with the altitude in Peru. I was like, damn, I, I like, I heard about it, but I was not expecting like how bad it was. And for those who don't know, like in Toronto, we're about 76, I believe it is meters above sea level. Whereas in Cusco, Peru, we were 3,300 meters above sea level. So there's a lot less oxygen the higher you go and, uh, you're, you your body reacts to it because it's not used to having that little oxygen so if you're running you you would you would probably faint if I tried to run I'd probably faint uh, when I was there but even just walking I started to feel dizzy while walking like it was a lot so one thing I try to do is usually research so I decided to do a lot of research about Peru thankfully I knew about it before so the second I arrived I took like coca tea which is what you're supposed to take in order to uh prevent the altitude sickness and it helped so much like I think I would have been probably I probably would have fainted if I had not taken that so I'm really glad that I did the research so for anyone any country you're going to make sure that you research beforehand because I met a lot of people there who didn't who had never even heard about the altitude sickness so when they were off, offered the uh coca tea they they didn't accept it because they're like no oh, what is no. that yeah and then they they suffered after that so I'll tell you I want to do their research another thing that I do is I like to take like night flights ideally so I'm going to Colombia soon and I'm going to take a flight it's like 11 p.m. it arrives there at like I can't remember 5 a.m. or 6 a.m. something like that and I like doing that because it allows me to still keep my sleep schedule and like Mm. still sleep on the plane overnight wake up in the morning obviously it's not the same you're sitting upright and um you're it's like it's not comfortable typically on a plane but it's still better than like you know you sleep on the plane if you're sleeping flying midday and then you're tired once you arrive yeah so I'm doing that that's something I like to do when the time zone is the same uh as here as here Uh, I also what else do I do I don't even know what I what I do I'm thankfully I don't get jet lag too bad when I'm going to different countries uh, with significantly different time zones so I haven't really had to deal with that much uh Uh but same thing I like to arrive during the morning or or late at night, like not midday, just so that I can like, you know, either fall asleep or just get through the entire day. But like, I usually try to pick my times where like I arrive at a time that is strategic and advantageous, especially if you don't have a very long time to be in the country. Mm-hmm. And then just like trying to keep up my routine, even while traveling. So while I was in Antigua, I actually worked out every single day while I was there. That's not a usual thing that I do on vacation, but I found that it really helped me to like keep my routine every day, even while I was in another country. I also uh-huh. kept up like my self-care ritual of journaling every morning. It was a more reflective, you know, 
uh, trip. So maybe that's why, but like I tried to like continue with my uh, routine and I find that just maintaining some of the routines that you have at home helps you have like a, a smooth transition into the trip and out of the trip. So that you don't, because ha- usually when you're like done your trip, you get back to real life and then it's like, it's Jealous. a struggle to, to get back. But I found that and for Antigua, it was super easy because I had maintained my entire routine the time I was there. And uh, coming back was like a very smooth transition. No, that's really good. And that's like a tip for me to try next time because I went on a cruise a few months ago and I had all intention of working out. I really did. I bought <laughs> my clothes and everything. And uh, we were on a cruise and I woke up the next morning and I went to the gym, but the gym was full. And I don't like to be crowded when I'm working out. And there was like, it was like past the fire code full. And I was like, nah, I can't do this. And then I never went again. And, and coming <laughs> back, this was in March, guys, it is June. Have I gotten back to my regular routine yet? Ask me. Okay. And and then because when I got back, I was sick and that knocked me off even more. So I think that next trip for sure, I, I love what you're saying about like, just try to maintain the routine. Um, because it helps you not just going into it, but coming back out of it. And mm-hmm. uh, research is important. I don't, I don't know why people don't research. It's a little confusing to me, but like <laughs> simple things. Like I remember going to Times Square, we went for the ball draw and you know, this is a big deal. A lot of people go, go, uh, this was not my choice, but anyways, <laughs> this is definitely my husband's choice because it's cold and you're standing <laughs> outside. I think we're standing outside for nine hours, which if you know me, I, don't even want to be outside for five minutes in the cold so that was a wild experience but you know they tell you once you get into your certain uh they have a gated areas once you get into that area you cannot leave so you are there for seven eight nine hours that's it so all these people are there they're drinking coffee they're drinking coke they're doing all these things what's gonna happen they need to go to the bathroom guess what (laughs) they couldn't leave like if you leave you're 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 done so all these people oh. that had traveled from all these other places were just, you know, they had to leave because they didn't realize that once you get there, you're not, you're not allowed to go. So me, I remember saying, I'm not drinking. I didn't drink a sip of water that day from the time I woke up. Even when I was brushing my teeth, I was like, make sure all the water gets back out because I was like, I, I, what, imagine how heartbreaking it is to stand for seven hours in the freezing cold and then realize like you can't manage anymore. And then you leave and then the ball's going to drop in like an hour. Like, so again, just research. And then people give you tips on things that you can do to try to, you know, make it and, and so forth. So yeah, research, I, that, that is really important. See, I didn't even know that. I didn't know you had to stand out there for nine hours. It's, yeah, it's but rough. research is important. And even when it comes to like your travels, like uh, keeping your routine, even like the supplements that you take, if you take a lot of supplements at home, maybe like also packing them to take while you're on the trip, just so that your body is not like in shock, you know, uh, like mm-hmm. if you're taking iron pills at home, take them on your trip as well. So that your, your body, again, we want to keep our routine as smooth as possible, even though our, what we're doing, we're in a new place. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's so important. And um, okay. So my final question for you is just, as a seasoned traveler and a personal finance expert, what advice would you give to someone who wants to travel, but they don't think they can afford it? And just before you answer, like, this is important to me because, I mean, I couldn't afford most of the trips I went on, but I still went. And um, I'm so grateful, especially when I was in university, I had no money, but I, I did so much traveling then, and I'm so grateful I did it then. 
because people kept telling me, oh, you shouldn't travel. You should save your money. Da, 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 da. Uh, wait till you graduate. And then, but then when I graduated, I moved to Antigua. And then from Antigua, where am I going? Like Antigua is a <laughs> tiny little island. There's very few international flights. So you usually have to fly from Antigua to somewhere to then go to where you're going. So when I went to China, I went from Antigua back to Toronto to then go to China, right? So like that gets very expensive and bless Antigua, Antigua is expensive. So, so um, it's not, you know, so these things, these things, um, if, if you can do it, I think you should do it. But anyways, let me, let me not give my two cents. I'd love to hear from the expert. Give us your mm-hmm. advice, Renny. Okay, so someone who wants to travel but doesn't think they can afford it. I think that oftentimes when we look on social media, we think that travel has to be like extremely expensive because, you know, we're seeing typically like the glamorous travels, right? We're seeing people spending $2,000 on their over water bungalows in the Maldives and we're like oh this is the place that I have to travel to right Uh and I need so much money to do it but I always tell people like you can travel on a shoestring budget there are lots of places that you can go that are more affordable than the Maldives so thinking of like the location that you travel would be really important like maybe you're avoiding the islands maybe you're avoiding Antigua because Antigua is very expensive (laughs) (laughs) Um, maybe you're avoiding like maybe you're going to Mexico instead of Antigua just for a price wise right I think it's all about doing your the proper research and finding the places that make most sense for your budget but I also think that um, being very intentional about prioritizing travel is a way that you can start to afford it like ever since the time I was in university I would put away like $50 from each paycheck into a separate account and I'm like this is my travel money and I'm gonna go and you know start traveling when I have enough money in this account and that's exactly what I did even when I wanted to go to Thailand I worked two jobs that summer before an internship and a part-time job just so that I had enough money to like go to Thailand for five months where I wouldn't be working so I feel like if you really want to travel you have to start prioritizing it and like making it a line item in your budget so every single month even if you're not going anywhere you're still putting away money every single month towards your travels and that way you'll be able to afford it there's nothing wrong with getting a side hustle just to fund your travels like I love I I see a lot of people doing that I think it's super smart I literally work so that I can like that's you know my one of my goals one of my reasons for working is so that I can travel more Uh Um, I want to make more money so I can travel. Also, look at travel deals. Like, again, travel can be expensive, but recently I saw a flight to Thailand for like $970, where it's normally $1,900. Right? Okay, there are are levels to this. So I would tell you to sign up for some like travel, uh, what are they called? Travel newsletters, which send out Uh deals. And to utilize those, uh, if you want, there are lots of all-inclusive deals that you can find, especially like to Cuba. Like it's all dependent on the location that you travel. Travel does not need to be extremely expensive. I know some people do like couch surfing even. I don't know if I recommend that, but uh <laughs> Uh, people sure. say <laughs> you can like go and stay on people's couches in exchange uh, and then you live there there's also like house sitting where you can live in someone's house and explore the city that they live in but you're like taking care of their house while they're gone and that's how they're paying you uh so there are a, a, there are a lot of ways to travel 
Uh, I haven't tried the house sitting or anything like that, but it does not have to be like the super glamorous luxury travel that that's the way you see the world. Even like staying in hostels, for example, uh, if you want to stay in a hostel versus a hotel, you can save so much money. Like my hotel in Peru saved was like a hundred dollars a night versus the hostels in Peru were like $20 a night. So that's a way that you can still go to these countries, but save a lot of money uh, while you're doing it. No, that's such a good tip. I, I remember my first hostel I stayed in was, was in Australia. And again, as Reggie said, there's levels to this. So at this current stage, I'm not going to any hostel. But you me know, <laughs> there was a time, there was a time when that was the option. And that's what allowed me to do the things I wanted to do. So um, don't knock it, right? Like you might not start off with glamour or luxury trips right away. So just do what you can do. But my first hostel I stayed in was in Australia. And I remember everyone was like, oh, haven't you seen the movie Taken? You're going to die. Like, <laughs> you know, I'll find- Stop. I'm like, whoa, where's energy coming from? Um, you have to be, you have to use wisdom, right? But I mean, I, I chose a room. I think there was like six or eight people. Um, I slept with my bag, like right under my head, wrapped around my hands. Like, you know, you just got to use a little bit of, of wisdom um, and kind of, you know, just watch the place, evaluate the place, read the reviews, right? Like I'm not just walking in the street to any hostel period. Like I, I read all the reviews. They're, they're rated. Some hostels are actually really nice and it's a nice way to meet other people as well. Um, and since then, I, I think I stayed, I stayed in a hostel in China as well. And I think after that, I was done. I was like, yeah, I think I can, yeah. do, <laughs> I can do other things. I can do hotels, but there are so many deals out there. And you know, a lot of people I see going into debt to travel and no. it can really throw you off. And I, I, maybe you can speak to this, but I, I used to do that. I'm not going to lie. Why well, I used to be a little bit reckless, but now that I'm older and wiser. I'm like, I do what you do now. So I put money aside every paycheck. My husband does the same thing. And we're like, this is our vacation fund. And mm-hmm. even if we don't know where we're going or when we're going, so we just have the money building up. And I think that that's a much better way to do it because when you put a trip on a credit card, like these trips are expensive. And like, even if you get a cheaper trip, like it just had credit cards, they just never work out. They never work out the way you think it's going to. You think the trip's going to cost mm-hmm. you a thousand dollars by the end, it's 1500. You don't have a way to pay it back. And it, it, you know, it just balloons. And then on top of that, you're going to spend money when you're on the trip, right? So yeah, please don't go into debt, yeah. guys, to travel. It's not like you can just find a cheaper place to go. I, I agree. I'm anti going into debt for, for trips. Uh, I think that save up the money and then go on the trip. And again, look for the deals. I, again, as you said, I'm not, I'm not staying in any hostel at this age, but I definitely have stayed in some hostels and it's what it allowed me to travel around Asia for very cheap. So uh, I would, I would say match your travels to your budget. Don't match mm-hmm. it to your, to your credit card limit, match it to your, <laughs> to, the, to the money that's in your account. Yeah, that's it. That's such good advice. All right, Randy. Well, tell the people, how can they find you if they want to stay connected and learn more about all that you have to offer? Yes. If you want to learn more about me, you can find me on Instagram, on Twitter, on YouTube, on 
on all the TikTok, all the platforms at XO Rennie. That's X O R E N I. I also have a podcast called Don't Go Broke Trying, where I teach people how to not go broke trying to live their best life. And season two just dropped. So I think you'll really enjoy it. We also have an episode coming out called Don't Go Broke Trying to Travel the World. So I think that would be a great episode for you all to listen if you enjoyed this one. And I am talking to someone who has been to 50 countries and they've actually been to those 50 countries on a Nigerian passport which for those who don't know is is very hard to do because you have to get Mm -hmm. visas for almost every country and she has not gone broke trying to travel the world so I think that you should listen to that it's available on Spotify Apple all the platforms and we also have a YouTube channel called don't go broke trying all right I'm definitely going to look out for that one and I've been loving your podcast and I won't say too much, but I, I saw the post that you talked about the lawsuit situation, the broke confessions. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Yeah. The... Okay, but guys, that's a cliffhanger for you. But just go listen to the part about the lawsuit and the mother and the accident. It's it's a whole story. It's a whole situation. Yeah. Uh, Renny, thank you so much for coming on my show and just having this conversation with me. Um, I just love talking about travel. So this has filled my cup just to talk to someone who enjoys travel as well. And uh, yeah, I look forward to staying connected. Yes, thank you for having me.